We are pleased to announce that we have been nominated for and won several podcast awards that we made up. It's the poetry of James Schuyler this week on Why Do You Know That? Welcome to Why Do You Know That? The party podcast that wants to know why you know so much about a very specific topic. I'm Nadia Osman. I'm Steve Slaga. Hi, Steve. Hello, Nadia. How are you? I'm good. Um, there, there might be a little later in this afternoon um, across the street from me is a church that has just been jamming from like three to six is just re- there. It's it's slapping over there. Um, so who knows? Maybe uh, if if the Lord shines upon us, we might even hear some in the background today if, if we're so lucky. It might be me too. Oh. Lord, I love to sing your praises. Oh, you know what? Hold on. Let me look out the window. Oh my God, it's Nick. <laughs> Steve, what? Are, so they're in a church? Like it's just a band grooving? It's a church parking lot. Okay. And I think what's going on is because of COVID, they're having mass outside. Oh. And so what'll usually happen is it'll be like intermittent songs, like probably like pray, 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 gospel, gospel song, like that order of things like church goes. And then because it'll be like silence and then a song, silence and the song. But then after a little while, it's just straight up like jars of clay concert, Spanish jars of clay concert <laughs> for two to three hours. Um, and I don't speak Spanish um, and I, I haven't learned the words, but I've learned all the melodies. Yeah. So I'll just be like sitting here, like playing Animal Crossing, listening, being like, oh, that's a bop. That's not one of them. I just made that up, but that is good. That <laughs> is run, good. I'm going to run that over to them. <laughs> Guys, listen to this. Listen to this. <laughs> I mean, your songwriting in that moment is exquisite. It's almost like poetry. I know. It's everything that poetry is. No words. All right, that's the cycle just, going just off. Just stomping your foot. <laughs> just claps. <laughs> just claps. Let's bring in our amazing guest that you've been hearing. Uh, he's a writer for Duncanville. Please welcome Nick Mandernock. Hello. Hey, Steve. Hello. Hey, Nadia. Hello. How, how have you been holding up having to go to church every week to... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, my, uh, my mom is a, uh, uh, is a minister, and so she's just like, I, I just uh, uh, um, was... And like I guess they're doing like Zoom, you know, like they're doing like like I guess she's been doing just like 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 Zoom services and 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 they're thrilled when they can throw in a little multimedia touch on the Zoom, they are thrilled. <laughs> she's like, and I put up a mandala. <laughs> <laughs> just like she's just like, you know, she's like, we might be holding on. Who knows? This is this this is maybe why we're we've needed to do this. Because now I know how to put up a mandala. <laughs> things you the know little things yeah it's, so. it's the little wins yes the entire yes. year of 2020 mm-hmm, it, it's mm-hmm. going like you know i didn't get the job of my dreams but i did get this mandala right <laughs> <laughs> i now know how to stuff. broadcast a mandala over <laughs> i mean <laughs> as as somebody who has their own handmade candle lit right here next to them i do understand <laughs> that 
the um what's the saying uh something uh i forget you know when you you do good things when you're when uh i'll think of it later <laughs> no i think that was <laughs> no that's a very steve quote you'll necessity do good, is the mother do... <laughs> necessity is the mother of yes invention. yes Yes, yes, yes. It's where I was headed. But yes. I like you'll, <laughs> you'll do good things if you need to. <laughs> you'll do uh, is about the same. I like it. Have you taken up any like fun hobbies or anything, Nick? Uh, roller skate. I, I've started roller skating. Uh, um, I kind of, yeah, I, I uh, which is, again, it's one of those things where it just kind of, the pandemic has forced me in that, in that weird direction. But yeah, I've just been doing it now. I'm kind of like ro- watching roller skating, like, like Instagram accounts and stuff like that. I'll, I'll just like kind of like watch those just like on a- off hours and stuff like that. But um, it, it's like most things in life is a, it's a challenge to my coordination, but, uh, but it's been fun. It's been, it's been, so that's been, that's kind of been the new, new strange addition to my, to my life. That's very fun. I borrowed a pair of roller skates that I have yet to bust out Mm -hmm. because I am so terrified that I am just going to fall flat on my face because I'm horrible. I'm horrible on any kind of shoe product that has a blade or wheels underneath it. Like if it's a normal shoe, I'm fine. But if it's an it's a shoe that's been fucked with, (laughs) I I don't know how to handle it. These are essentially booby traps. Yeah. Like like roller skates. I'm just going to fall into a pile of quicksand (laughs) down the street. But I do. I feel like the weather, it's been kind of a warmer winter in California. Mm -hmm, I feel mm -hmm. like it's a good time to learn. It's not too hot out. I just need to get out there. Totally. Totally. Yeah, it is. You know, but it's interesting, you know, as you're mentioning that, like I like, you know, I haven't been into a gym for a year or whatever, but I was doing like, you know, like like Olympic lifting. I was like really like into that. And then I had to stop doing that. Uh, I, I never got hurt doing that for three years. And then the second time I went roller skating, I like almost broke my wrist. <laughs> I was like, that was like so much more dangerous to me than, <laughs> yes. than these like barbell stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I'm so terrified of. It's yeah, like, I've yeah. never, I've never had an issue in all my years of swimming. I've never yeah, had an issue. Yeah. Uh, it, it just doing like normal gym stuff. I've right, never hurt right. myself doing yoga. I know mm-hmm. for sure. I'm going to get out on some like, blacktop area somebody will push me and i'll just like just fall over like gravity will cease to exist for a moment I'll just yeah like, yeah <laughs> i'm gonna die is what's gonna happen this is my last will and testament yeah uh, steve you get uh some of my possessions cool. oh wow I anything know. good uh what would you like what do what do i have that you might that might interest you um get the blinds I mean, I guess the microphone so I can yeah. find a new. Yeah, co-host. okay. You get the you get the recording equipment and um let's see, uh my leopard uh print faux fur jacket. No, I want your um uh what's it called? That you, it, like a frying pan that you were working on and like you have to like oh, my cast iron. Your cast iron. The I cast want your cast iron skillet. skillet. Yeah. Okay, you can have my cast iron skillet. Because I know you've been working on that. I've been I've been seasoning it. Yeah. To to no avail. To, oh, to complete is it still disaster. not good? Oh, then never mind. I don't want. No, it. it's it. No, it actually. No, 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 no. It's it worked out eventually. Okay, cool. Uh, I mean, now I have an air fryer. So who knows if I'll ever use a skillet? But <laughs> I feel like the air. Nope, never mind. I was going to try to say out of go that. for anyway, it. So... No, now, <laughs> now you have to. You wrote us a check. All right, all right. You started writing a check Fine. for a segue. Uh, you're right. 
right. You're right. Uh, how do I put this? Okay. I was going to say, I, I feel like kitchen appliances, like an air fryer, are to cooking the way poetry is to writing. Whoa, like it's a yes. subsect that gets you as a tool yes. that helps you create something beautiful. Yeah, much like air frying is a part of cooking, poetry is a part of writing. Yes. Be -do, um, be -do, be -do, and then be I felt bad for poetry. <laughs> Poetry, no, the air, the air yeah. frying, the, the literary air, fry air frying. The, that was the first poem I was going to read. Uh, no, I, <laughs> and I'm so glad, I'll, I'll just say I'm so glad someone brought up air fryer so that we could segue. <laughs> <laughs> or else, who knows when we would. We'd still, we'd still be on roller skates. Um, not is so, over there like, is Steve going to bring up that air fryer or what? <laughs> Like, come on. Do I ever come not, uh, Nadia? Do I ever not bring up the air fryer? <laughs> no, it's true. Every time. Every time. Um, so today's topic, uh, I tell me if I'm saying it right. James Schuyler? Uh, uh, James Schuler. Schuler. Okay. Not the Schuyler of uh, Hamilton, Schuyler sisters. Oh my gosh. Even though you know it's something? the same spelling. You know something? I, I'll say this. I, I'm not sure I've even, I've even heard his last name pronounced. It might absolutely be Schuyler. Well, I mean, this will, when we do part two, <laughs> <laughs> we'll just switch up the spelling uh um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so poet james i'm gonna go with your pronunciation though james okay, schuler american poet Pulitzer prize winner of poetry uh for his 1980 collection the morning of the poem a big guy in the new york school often mm -hmm. associated with other new york school poets uh nick why do you know that uh why do i know that uh you know i i love reading poetry i think i i enjoy uh, uh, words and phrases. And I think, you know, obviously I, like, I write comedy, but a lot of what I do is I'm trying to like uh, 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 make phrases feel fresh. And I think, you know, the air fryer that helps me to do that is, I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I often go to, uh, uh, to, uh, to poets and poetry. And, and, and I think that's a way, I think that to, to keep phrases fresh, to keep kind of like, like uh, uh, language and, and, and writing sounding fresh. Uh, so I, I often uh, 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 go to, poetry for that. And I think kind of like, there's kind of a, a tangle of posing. You know, we talked about the New York school. I think probably I had like read a, like a, a John Ashbery who had another uh, a Pulitzer Prize winner. I think I'd read a collection of his book. And then off of that, you kind of like discover uh, people who are kind of in, in his uh, uh, group and, uh, and, you know, among those New York school. And I think, and, and then I came across James, uh, uh, James, <laughs> I will, I'll be in my head the rest of this podcast. Shoot, no, I'll say I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm sure somewhere on YouTube says Thank his you. name. So Thank you, Steve. you guys, yeah, I, you I guys I continue. I'm here, Thank but I'm you. also, I'm also doing it's, a little it's bit necessary of necessary yeah. work. Um, uh, but it's the first time that I, I, uh, uh, read his poems. I, I did not respond to them. This was like, I think I, I probably got his, uh, uh, his selected, uh, selected poems. And I, I, I read maybe 10 or 12, they were, uh, they were skinny, and I, and I didn't respond to them at all. And then this is one that's kind of interestingly kind of came back. Maybe this is maybe what, like, like 10 years later, almost or something like that. I think I just like, like happened to pick up a collection as I was like selling a bunch of books in a move and read it. And, and, you know, I'm so curious what happened in the 10 years, but really responded and like kind of quickly became like a, a favorite of mine of that, of the new, uh, uh, the New York school. So yes, yeah, so, so something, something happened in that time where like there was some alignment kind of happened and, and uh, I started to respond again. Yes. Uh, I feel like th it's something that you brought up earlier where you're like, oh, I, I read a little bit of this and then I found this guy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, one of my favorite things to do if I'm kind of stuck or or when I'm trying to tap into my own air fryer, of yeah, yeah. so to speak, mm -hmm. 
is figuring out, okay, some who do I like? And then seeing what their sources of inspiration are. Oh, yeah. To find interviews yeah. and then going down this wormhole because it usually leads to something at least intellectually interesting for an afternoon. Totally. It's a great totally. way to procrastinate. But yeah. it's also great. It's <laughs> also you great mean way. research. Research. Exactly. In, right. in the name of research. In the name I of cannot research. finish this pilot until I find, <laughs> until I read James Hewitt. I cannot. <laughs> exactly. Um, Steve, what's your relationship to poetry? Fan, not a fan, don't care, apathetic. Um, sorry, I was just okay. So I here's the thing, guys. The plot thickens because oh, no. <laughs> I've got one video of a guy saying this poem is by James Schuyler. Stop, now I've okay. got a um a YouTuber named Leah Sandals who said James Schuyler. Oh shit. So I think if nothing else, no matter what we say, if we say it with confidence and with respect Great. for the art that he has created, then it's okay and it's not wrong whether you say Skyler, Schuler, whatever. I'm gonna say James S. Yeah, you know what? Let's just call him yeah. Jay. Just Jay. Yeah, I was gonna say Jam Jam, but I, you know, J J S works for me. Great. Uh, sorry to, sorry to the poets, uh, uh, all the poets out there who are going hey, to okay. read us. Do you want to hear you ask? I'll answer that question and you'll, I can just be the one that stomps all over all the poets out there. No, I do not. I do not like poetry, but mm -hmm. I respect and understand its place. Um, I try to kind of, one of the things I'm working on in 2020 is not saying like, I don't like something that mm -hmm, other people mm -hmm. like. I don't like going onto Twitter and being like, I watched this stupid movie and you're dumb if you didn't like it. I'm mm -hmm, trying to mm -hmm. adopt a more thing of like, I don't love it, but I love that you love it. And that's how <laughs> I really feel about poetry is like, right. I, I get that there's definitely something there, but mm -hmm, I also mm -hmm. have stepped into poetry enough to know that it is, it is just not it's not yeah. for me. You don't respond to it. You don't respond. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I have a friend who, who who's kind of been on a similar journey, and that's that's been a, a, a big word of his is like respond. I didn't respond to it. He, he yeah. might say you would never. You, it doesn't make a value judgment. But he just says I didn't yeah. respond to it. Now I read some of James S's, and you know, I as poems, I I appreciate them as much as I can for somebody who mm -hmm. does, mm -hmm. you know. But yeah, so I figured, you know, convince me now. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I go back and forth on poetry. I am mm -hmm. certain that at some point in the past, I have said, fuck poetry, poetry's dumb. Why? Mm -hmm. And then I mm -hmm. think there have definitely been other points where I go, poetry is beautiful. It's right, inspirational. Right. We absolutely need it in our lives. Mm -hmm. I think poetry is a difficult art form to make accessible. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of poets out there that I think have some sort of immediate notoriety or fame, either A, because you studied them at school, mm -hmm, you know, your mm -hmm. Robert Frost's, your um, your E.E. E. Cummings, etc. Yes. And then I think that there are some notable poets over the last, say, 50, 60, 70 years uh, that have gained some notoriety because they're really, really accessible. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think that, you know, like the Charles Bukowski is maybe under mm -hmm. that umbrella of mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Ruby Cor. Oh, uh, shit. How do you say your name? Ruby Cora. Um, uh, no. Who am I thinking of? How do you spell Ruby Cower. Oh, yes. Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, 
Oh, man, I'm screwing up everybody's names today. I'm sorry. Anyway, she is very much like, you know, uh, her her poetry, I think, is like the new it thing. Because yeah. it's something that I think people can identify with when they look at it versus I think somebody like a James S. Mm-hmm. Maybe less accessible. Maybe just people haven't given his work enough mm-hmm. of a go. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Do you think you he's know- an accessible poet? I would say it's it's interesting. I think it it depends. There's a, a a large body of work there, but I do think that there are parts of it that I and, and I think something that can uh, that the New York School kind of brought that I think makes poetry more accessible. Uh, 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 I think is sometimes like a a sense of gossip and a sense of intimacy to it, mm-hmm. right? Where in a lot of his uh, his poems, he references his real friends. His longest poem, you, you referenced the morning of the poem. That includes the long poem, the morning of the poem, but. It's, you know, it's what, I, I want to say, I'm just like scanning it through. It's like maybe like uh, 40 pages or something like that. That's a, that's a lot. And I'm like, what? I, I really got through it. I was like, there's a lot of gossip in it. He's talking about his love life and his like, his abusive relationships. And he's talking about, you know, friends and, you know, like, you know, and, and what's going on at, at home and letters he's getting. So I think that's, that's one aspect that I think gets brought in that, that does, I think, uh, bring some accessibility to me. And some of his poems, some of them I think are, can be kind of dense and, and surreal. Some of them are, are nature, just like, you know, uh, 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 like almost like pastoral works. But I think that's one quality that I, that I thought was interesting in that I think kind of brings me quickly into them is, is yeah, when he's just talking about uh, his friend group and, and what, what kind of happened today and what they're, what, what they're talking about in the New York art scene at that time. I think there's something about that that, that can draw me in. Yeah, well, that's the thing that everybody understands is what it's like to talk shit in your text yes, chain about right, other people right. or about mm-hmm. or get on somebody else's case about some shit that they're pulling. Like, right, that's, right. A, that's a very human feeling that is yeah. throughout time, no matter how you interact in your group from totally. K- from cavemen. Uh, through Roman times, through the Renaissance, right, right, industrial oh, yeah. revolution, shit talking, hieroglyph. I'm sure ninety percent of hieroglyphics were just shit talking. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the uh, uh, the like you know they they have like the elk like etchings. Those are actually like disparaging. Uh, yeah, like, like they're like, doesn't he fucking look like this? I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think that that's, that for me is very fascinating that the thing that you've taken out of it is the accessibility is tapping into the fact that this yeah. guy's just gossiping about his day to day. Let me, let me give you an example. I brought, I brought a few, a, a few selections, I think. Please. Let me just, let's just see, let's, let's take a look. And, and again, just one, like, like one way I, my, my, my take is that there's something very conversational about it. My take is that it feels like you're sort of talking to someone on the phone. So this is, uh, this is a little passage from, uh, uh from the morning of the poem. Uh, my mother goes off to the podiatrist. She has an ingrown toenail. It's turning black and looks infected to me. My sister-in-law will drive. It hurt so much yesterday morning, Sunday. She almost didn't go to church. An unheard of thing. Every weekend we have the same talk. Jim, would you, wouldn't you come to church? Sometimes I'm rude and say, lay off. Mostly I manage a polite, no thank you. I wish you would. If wishes were horses, then beggars could ride. In other words, I'm not going to church. I wouldn't object if you want to go to Catholic church. If I wanted to go to the Catholic church, then I would go. As it happens, I don't. Then why do I carry a rosary with me? Probably because a half man, a mad old woman gave one to me. I have two as it happens. That's a little, it's a, it sounds like to me, this is, if, if I'm doing like a bit with a friend about, you know, again, like uh, like, his mom, like the ways his mom tries to get to, it has kind of a bitty feel to me in, yes. that, in that little passage, right? Absolutely. It feels like, like our, our, our banter at the top. Right, I, like <laughs> yeah, I really love that line. If wishes were horses, then beggars would be riders. Right, right. That's I. 
I mean, I was going to say that's so poetic. Fucking duh. But sure, sure. Uh, just thinking of it in those terms, I can see why this yeah. is maybe one of your wells to go to as far as like inspiring you creatively. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I like I think anytime there's like kind of a naturalism to it. And, and, and you know, there's a, he's, he's quoting within it. He's kind of pulling like seemingly uh, uh, there's like at least some. Uh, 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 pulling like naturalistic dialogue, like almost like found image. There's, there's almost like, I think sometimes uh, uh, again, these, some of these poets are working in, uh, 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 in the New York art scene. There's like, this is like, you know, there's collages going on at this time. Pop art is going at this time. They're kind of taking these little fragments and kind of like assembling it into it. So I like the, the, that direct uh, 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 ear for speech and, and bringing it into to the poems is, is fun to me. Lay off, right? That's probably not a, like in, in our canon, uh, like, uh, uh, poetry that we might read in school, we probably don't see, like, that's probably not a line that we would, we would read in a lot of them. Lay off. <laughs> right, exactly. Jill <laughs> Silverstein, you know, never, <laughs> the giving tree never said lay off. Right, right. <laughs> so yeah, so it's, it's bringing in contemporary speech, right? This probably, you know, this, this, it seems maybe this is, this was, uh, uh, um, you know, again, how, how, how like, like kind of like what you might hear on, on, on the street in the subway in a, in, in a, in a conversation at a, at a party. That kind it's of very conversational. I actually yes. do. I yes. do like that. And also as you were uh, reading it, I was thinking like, you know what? I think it's unfair to say I don't like poetry. I have no interest in reading poetry, but mm -hmm. like, I mean, sometimes like I, I can think of times when I've watched like poet poems being read whether it's on like scripted for a TV show or something, or just like in real life, somebody reading right. a poem and I can appreciate like the reading of the poem. So maybe what I'm not into is interpreting poems. Oh, okay. Sure. I think well, that's where I'm at. It's like, I don't want to have to read and be like, what does all this mean? But if somebody reads the poem, then I can get it through yeah. their interpretation. I think James Schuler might be your friend in that too, Steve. I, I, I you, you know, I, I just sort of taking that. I think that again, they're, uh, New York school poets are kind of coming at a time where, you know, this like modernist, like kind of dreary, symbolic, deeply symbolic poem. And I think James Schuler to me is a, a poet, like a, is like a surface poet. I think he's not interested in like uh, 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 in dense symbolism and, you know, my, the mother represents this. I think it's just things as they are, right? I think yeah. that's kind of like, there's, uh, they're hanging around painters. They hang, like, like, like they're not afraid of surface in a way that I think a lot of, uh, you know, like coming out of like James Joyce and T.S. Eliot, like they're like, it's like, you know, you, you have these like, like very dense posts and I think they're reacting to and They're like, Hey, actually, I just want to talk about like kind of a funny conversation I had with my mom. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, I mean, every art is reaction to the thing that your elders. Right. Before, right. Right. So like when we look at, I think I like for me, a prediction for the next 10 years of say television is going mm -hmm. to be incredibly surface level stuff. Because mm -hmm. I think we have spent the last 10 to 20 years creating prestige drama, creating, say, in the art of television, like stuff that means something else. And uh -huh, this guy uh -huh. had this dream and it's actually supposed to be about this character's relationship to this thing. And my prediction is that there's going to be a lot of people just being like, nah, right. This is about that thing that you just saw. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. End end of sentence. Right, uh, right. Much of the same way impressionism is a reaction to uh, the photography, and mm -hmm, then mm -hmm. postmodernism is a reaction to that, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, I feel like, yeah, I kind of love the idea that they're like, nah, I'm just gonna talk about yeah. what's happening. Right, right. It doesn't need to be. Yeah, there, there's. I think it's interesting when I think of like poetry, and I think a lot of this probably comes from like uh, uh, kind of like growing up in the canon. It, it feels 
very smart and dreary. That's kind of like a feeling that I get. And I think that there were, uh, there were, and are were like a lot of poets, poets who are just like, Oh, I just like, I can't. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't I think that's what the public generally thinks of as poetry. Yeah, I think so. Right. And that's what, you know, that's, again, that's probably like the, the, the white canon of it. Right. Is the, is, is like, it's like, yeah, who's, who's just, I, I think there's to me almost in, in a lot of it is an anxiety of education. Like I'm, I'm kind of, I'm reading a book on, on art. And one of the things is like, like, how do, like, why does art have value? And I think one way that people answer that is it, it accrues value through, through education. Like, I, will, I am so well educated that my words are, are important and are valuable and are worth your time, right? That's, there's almost an anxiety there, I think, of, of, of like, look, I, I've done a lot of work and I, I know a lot of illusions. So this is like, please consider this important. <laughs> It's also this level of pretentiousness, which I think yeah. speaks to Steve not wanting to interpret poetry. Sure, because sure. like Steve, I don't you're have the, the kind, time. Yeah, you're the, yeah, and you're the kind of guy who like we we've been over this. Like whenever there's a list of like here's the ten best movies of the year, you're like fuck all of them. I want yeah. to watch what I want to watch yeah. right, because right, I right. want to relate to the thing that I want to relate to. I don't want to be told, hey, if you're a quote smart person, if you are a quote intellectual if you are quote whatever you know uh then you must follow this way of thinking and if you don't then you're an idiot right. no, no one wants to be told they're an idiot and so yeah i think poetry in particular might make people feel dumb because sure. of the way it's been presented in the past where it's like this more niche art form this right, thing that right. requires a sense of understanding and a higher sense of literacy mm -hmm. and because you're interpreting the symbolism of things then uh, it makes it puts people in their heads probably yeah totally and there's and, and again there's like a lot of great stuff and, and sometimes i'm not always in the mood to read that or you know i <laughs> i was just like i have like a uh there's like a poetry app it's called like prosy or something like that but they had like one where it's just like at the end of it, it's like the only way to understand this poem you have to understand the the life of 14th century chemist like it was like it's like it was kind of that to the extreme and i don't know maybe there's something kind of like like fun about that but it like maybe just in where i i don't i don't i don't always respond to it i don't always yeah. respond to that uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah no it's i mean it reminds me of i have the new york times crossword puzzle app i love crossword puzzles mm -hmm. and so over COVID, i was like what am i doing just pay for the thing so you can get all the archives and just do crossword puzzles every day and every now and then there will be some kind of clue where I'm like, who would know that right, off right, the top right. of their heads? And I have right. a rule where I try my best not to Google until like the very end. Like mm -hmm, I really, mm -hmm. really try to like solve the puzzle. Yes. And I'm sitting there going, no one knows who this opera singer from the 1600s yeah. <laughs> is. What do you right, think this app right, is for? Right. The whole point is it's supposed to be the democratization mm -hmm, of... Mm -hmm. um, this thing that like maybe was seen as intellectual at one point, <laughs> like it, it's no longer that way. Stop trying All, to shove. Almost worth it though for the one person who gets it. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> or Rossellini. Yes. <laughs> Just exactly. like the rest of, I mean, the, the that person's life is going to be made by that. Uh, but this is, you know, I have a, a another little selection. This is just like a, the first stanza from "Letter to a Friend." Who is Nancy Dom? All things are real. No one is symbol. Curtains. Uh, a silk potted palm, a bust flat with pipe. That's just all things are real. And that's, yeah. you know. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's true. All it's things are true. real. How about that? Yeah, I don't have to interpret that. Right. 
I can read that and Threats. get it. I, I yeah. can appreciate Threats. that. Yeah. You know? there you go. Don't make me get in your brain, writer. <laughs> you put it all out there. That's what I say. Um. So looking back at James S.'s life a little bit, he mm-hmm. um he ended up in New York after he, he'd been in Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, then ended up in East Aurora, New York, uh, did a stint in the Navy for a short bit uh, during World War II, mm-hmm. and then a little bit after. Then he goes to New York uh, in the late forties, befriends W. H. Auden, and mm-hmm. then moves to Italy, where he rents Auden's apartment and works as a secretary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, then comes back, and then suddenly ends up bunking with John Ashbery and Frank O'Hara. I mean, <laughs> how do you feel like his um, uh, serendipitous circumstance possibly led to this path? Because there's a world where yeah. he just kind of like. I don't want to say bummed around, but it's like a, a lot of arty people where right. there's that one moment where they made the decision. Oh, but then a lot of times it's, oh, you met so-and-so and then history I was think made. That's, yeah, there's like a social history to things, right? Like, yeah, we. I mean, maybe the three of us as comedians, it's like, oh yeah, we met a friend who, oh yeah, the, this friend was taking a class here or this friend had kind of mentioned this, like uh, 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 this stand-up show or something like that. So yeah, so there is, it's interesting. Yeah, like a, a world where, you know, he just like lives the next apartment over. <laughs> it's yeah. totally kind of a different world. Like, yeah, and that's part of it. You know, as we talk about like canons, it's it's just like, you know, a big part of it is like who has access to, you know, the people who are making choices and who are publishing the journals and who are, you know, in the art scene. Like, you know, how do you kind of like, like get into those, those echelons? So that's a, you know, that's, that, it's a interesting question. You know, part of it is, yeah, like we, we kind of have these like just by chance social encounters. I have those people in my life where I'm like, oh yeah, like, if you kind of take out these couple pieces, <laughs> like my life looks very different right now. Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially I think during 2020 when we've all been kind of removed from the right. day-to-day social aspects of our right. lives, I look at who I'm texting and who's really in my life right now. And I go, yeah. oh wow, it's interesting to see, oh, this connection is made because of that and because of that right. person. Right, I know right. so-and-so who's helped me get this job and this is just because of circumstance like my 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 first credit is basically due to somebody that i've known for a decade because i became friends with them because we were in a class together right exactly there's Mm -hmm. not how am i supposed to predict that a decade later totally totally um that yeah the fact that he was the uh, curator for circulating exhibitions at moma in mm-hmm. the late 50s to the early 60s, and then this critic for uh, art news uh, and writing a ton of art criticism means he becomes friends with all these New York artists. So right. there's this sense of going like, well, this guy has has made his bed and lied, laid in it. Yeah, just absolutely. Like- and then you kind of meet, you know, there's like Bernard Myers, who was like a big uh, 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 poetry uh, um, uh, uh, patron and 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 had uh, journals and, and and did publishing and, and part of the art world, right? So you kind of have these like overlaps in in uh, in social circles that uh, that really kind of help those moments happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah, and and again, you talk about those moves and and things like I. It made it made me think of like you know I my dad when I was ten years old I was living in Hemet, California in the in, Inland Empire. My dad just got moved to the to manage a Hollywood Sears store. And so I, I was like, again, it's just these like, it's kind of bizarre to think about these confluence of like, oh yeah, if he had just like, if he had moved to even maybe Glendale, you know, or, or whatever, or if he had, if he had gone to, you know, Simi Valley, you know, that would, would have been a, a different story. So yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm always in awe of folks like Steve who move cross country to Los Angeles to pursue a career in entertainment. <laughs> I know you're shrugging, but hear me out for one fucking second. Uh, the fact is that like you uproot yourself to pursue mm-hmm. the thing that you want to versus so many other people who just happen to luck into being close by proximity or not like I, I, there's so many other people who live in Los Angeles have nothing to do with entertainment. And we're just like, I don't want to do that. Right. But the fact is they're surrounded by it constantly. So they have easier access if they so wanted to, or mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, my, my best friend growing up turned out to be so-and-so. And I feel like the fact that uh, James S ends up living with Fairfield Porter for uh, 12 right, years right, right. Mm-hmm. and like knows uh de Kooning, knows larry rivers knows all these mm-hmm, prominent mm-hmm. artists makes it so that in the late 60s and 70s his career kind of takes off because he's able to uh he, he has all these friends who are able to champion his work. right yeah absolutely like legitimizes it right like to, yes. to kind of be in those circles right yeah mm-hmm. that's actually yeah, kind of like w- it's interesting because he was work like he he wrote a lot of like critiques and worked mm-hmm. a lot as an art critic and I can't imagine as an artist even wanting to reach out to somebody who was like <laughs> professionally like critiquing my work. I can't oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine like putting like I don't know writing a script and then like sending it to someone and then being like um absolutely meritless in every way um (laughs) what time do you want to get dinner since we're also friends here's something that i found interesting which is okay so freely espousing which is his first major collection of poetry was published in 69 he was 46 years old is there something where you guys are like ooh, 46 like does that feel old to us does that feel like that's a perfectly fine time to get your career started i think there's something interesting about the fact that this guy was sort of circling Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. stuff for a while then finally gets the thing right right um you know it makes sense to me it's interesting i I hadn't even uh, thought of that but i do think there is a certain maturity a certain like noticing a lot of his his poems are very i think kind of like direct there's a there's a sense of clarity and directness to it that i think maybe might uh, for some people come with age you know there's sort of like again the way my mom appreciates mandalas which i may not for (laughs) it may take decades for me to really notice and and appreciate them uh in that same (laughs) way so so i think that, that that makes sense to me i hadn't really thought about that yeah because every now and then i'm like i feel the rush the uh pers- the the how should i put this the persistent march of time mm-hmm. barreling mm-hmm. down at me right to become the giant success that i envisioned right. in my head at 21 <laughs> right and the idea that like if i don't achieve this within a set amount of time i have mm-hmm. failed as a human these are right. deep dark right. fears is that true no but I feel that way sometimes. And yes. I wonder how he was feeling at 46. Like, was he at 40 just being like, fuck, man, all my friends are, <laughs> are published and no one. I got to write another. I got to write another fucking piece about this stupid <laughs> art. Like, I'm right. just wondering if in his head he felt the same way or if he was totally content. And so as a result, he's able to then take his observations, mm-hmm. put them on paper and just not worry about it. 
And then yeah, somebody it, else later is like, you should put all this in a book. You should publish it. Like, right. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> kind of funny I, to think of like the way that we might think of like UCB classes. Like, you know, maybe I should like, I got a couple of buds who are taking a class. Like, you know, maybe I should like, maybe I should write a poem. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, I think just like maybe Sunday, I'll just like, like, just write, but just see if I like it. And- you know, growing up, my parents and all my teachers and like, I was like the, everyone was like, you're so poetic. And like, I was like the poetic friend, like maybe I should get into poetry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would just try it. And it's just like 1964 and he's just, they're like, hey, can you, can you go down to, um to review this new piece from Warhol? And he's just like. Man, everybody's going to this poetry reading night. I gotta go look at Warhol. <laughs> just like muttering to himself, like oh, was fucking this. rich. Yeah, just uh, I gotta write another clickbait. I mean, another art <laughs> criticism piece for the MoMA. Uh, yeah, I don't. I can't tell in my research so far, and obviously mm-hmm. my research is more cursory. I don't. I don't have any books on hand. Um, but I'm wondering just if that was the trajectory or if the trajectory was just him being like, I love my life. And then somebody was like, write some poems. They went, okay. And then he just got it published and won a bunch of awards. My oh, guess well. is not. I think, not, I think, I think not. there was a lot of, I, I also think there was a lot of mental illness. I think there was like, you know, I think that's kind of part of the journey for, for like, I think with uh, depression and anxiety was a big part and uh, I think was institutionalized and, and so like. So I think that, I think, I think perhaps the, Perhaps the latter. Perhaps it was just like you know. I it, in my mind, this is this is again my projection. It, it seemed like I was like, I bet, I bet this was a tough road to hoe. <laughs> That's my feeling of like, because and also you know, there's that double edged sword of uh, of being around, of like hanging out with John Ashbury. It's like you're hanging out with fucking John Ashbury. I mean, you know, we've maybe you know been friends with like the like oh fuck, I'm friends with like the funniest person in the class, and that's great. But also like, God, they are very fucking funny. <laughs> Yes. What does that do? Like when that kind of stuff does to your psyche, like it took me a really, really long time to separate myself and be like, you're friends with whoever because you're friends with them. Your friendship bears no resemblance and has nothing to do with your own work. You yeah, just right, focus right. on you and your shit. Nadia, and- do you have any tips uh, um, on how you achieved <laughs> that? If you wanted to let. I don't think this is the phrase we use anymore, but it, he was described as manic depressive. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming he had some unresolved bipolar issues. And uh, yeah, that's going to mess with you until you go through some sort of uh, therapy slash mm-hmm. finding a medication slash figuring out and managing ways to deal with your mental illness. Right, uh, right. And that's going to set you back. Like mm-hmm. I've, I don't want to say famously because I don't know who the fuck's listening, but quote famously have dealt with a ton of depression and anxiety in my life. And I have to remind myself like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, there's like a two year period where you were trying to make art and uh, you didn't want to get out of bed and thought right. like, well, what right. if I jump to a bus that jump in front of a bus? I should right. say, wouldn't that be better for everybody? And it's like, right. if that's right. the way I'm thinking. How can you be mad at yourself for those two years where nothing happened? Right. 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 Yeah. Some, there's yeah, some, some compassion there. Yeah, <laughs> some, exactly. Know, compassion. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Like it's fine. If I am where I am, I'm alive and a healthy, like right. the, how right. much more can you ask for? Especially mm-hmm. when you look at what other people are going through especially this year right Um, right uh something that i also found was interesting is the fact that okay so when we talk about the new york school we've we've mentioned ashbury we've mentioned frank Mm o'hara who um before i get into this side note uh so (laughs) james s won a bunch of 
uh, Poetry Awards. He won the Pulitzer Prize for Poetry. Mm -hmm. He also won the Frank O'Hara Prize for Poetry in 1969, which gave me pause because I was like, (laughs) so his buddy just made up an award and then gave it to him? (laughs) Hey, Nadia, I have have something for you right here. It's actually the... (laughs) 2020 ultimate podcast of the year host oh award. God. A slaga? Yeah, Wait, you got a slaga. You got a slaga? Um, the oh statue is in the mail and all the paperwork is not complete, <laughs> so I have nothing to show you as proof, but um, it's the most prestigious. It's That's the most incredible. prestigious. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm so, oh. You're I'm a slaga so winning podcaster now. I'm so thrilled. Wow. I'm so honored. I can't believe I got a schlock. Yeah. Oh, and hey, guess what? There's a new category: best um, podcast guest. And uh, oh. Nick, congratulations! Oh. Um, you're also oh. a winner of of the award. I can't oh. So, yeah. And uh, fruit snack. Um, there's a cat <laughs> award too, uh, and you didn't win it. Uh, oh no! Fruit snack didn't win it. Nah, she did. But I'm just trying to get her eyes out of her. I love. Oh, okay, that's fair. Um, yeah. Am I crazy or is that like, like, would you guys give your friends an award for oh best comedy or something? I love that idea. I <laughs> just driving my, just absolutely turning my friends against each other for the, for the modern award in comedy. <laughs> the idea of a modern comedy award is very, intri- is uh, oh both God. intriguing and funny to me, but it's just the idea of like the fact that you would just award your friends just, is so, holy, so, so funny. I nominate four, give one. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, it's interesting, you know, as, as we're talking about it, I, I think there's, that's, you know, and we sort of talk about like, you know, eyes on your own paper, I think it's great. I, I also am noticing in myself recently, I was like, there is also just a dark competitive energy that is sometimes fun to tap into. And I think it's, it can, it can be overwhelming and it can, it can paralyze, but I do think there's something to it where like, I'm like, I'm a little more open to it. Like, like, you know, or, or, or that's kind of been part of it. Like maybe just accepting that part of myself and 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 it's like a, a very human part of like yeah that is there is also just this this in, in our unconscious just so yeah. there's so much there i think that's yes. important though i think competition and like even if it's a little bit dark i think that is important exactly there's a, there's limits i think with healthy competition as far as like our stuff goes yeah there's a there's a uh a desire to be like I'm going to do the thing that I want to do, not because I'm an egomaniac or narcissist uh-huh, or anything. Uh-huh. I'm just going to present my POV and either you're going to fire me. Right. Yeah. That's <laughs> also happened to me or uh, you're going to love it. But right, either right. way, I'm doing it a little bit for me because I know from experience, right. if I try to mold myself and mold exactly what I do into what you want, right. not going to work. Totally. Just like, you know, trying to make your house look exactly like your neighbor's house, which looks right, more right. than yours, isn't going to serve you because you're going to be unhappy. You're just trying to mimic what right, you see in right. front of you. And I look at, you know, James S's trajectory and I go, there's no way that he could have done what he did if he wasn't trying to just like f- uh, deal with his own business, you know? Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Do you kind of feel, Nadia, and for anyone that's listened to last week's episode also, is James S. the Harry Styles of that generation of, of American poets? You know, I don't know for sure. Here's the thing. With the New York School, you they're very, specifically, Koch, uh, O'Hara, James S., and Ashbery, very different as poets. But really so they're like the One Direction. Yeah, they're kind, of, they're kind of the One Direction of poetry. Um, here's the thing. All of them, except James S., uh, overlapped at Harvard. 
which tells me a lot about the access that they all just like how harry styles was originally eliminated from x factor before joining the other guys except for cock or coke i don't guess coke uh all were gay um except for ashbury all were in the military at some point just like one Um, direction They all, <laughs> uh, nearly all of them reviewed art. So mm-hmm. they were all kind of in the, the clickbait business of being art critics. And probably got each addition. other, I mean, an, an assumption, which seems fair, like maybe got each other into that world, right? Yeah. Yeah, so. for sure. Okay, yeah, wait, I'm sorry. I'm just thinking about this. Do you think they all got into like the art critiquing world so they could just talk each other up? Like, just yes. be like, you know, who's good? Like, maybe there were, it was never about actual criticism so much as just like, well, I'm going to say I'm an art critic. And then I'm going to say that all you guys are fucking awesome. And then you guys do the same for me. Yes. Yes, exactly. Oh, my God. You know who would be great at reviewing this new sculpture? Ashbury. He's yeah. so good at talking about sculpture. Yeah. You have to hire Isn't, him. Don't you think there's, I think I can think of correlate, you know, I, I think of like, like Twitter comedians where there are, you know, these, you know, the, like, I, I don't even want to say, click, you know, they, these are people who are bringing each other up and, and, but you can kind of see these little like pockets of people who are, you know, who are, who are doing that. So I think that's a, it's a, a strategy. It's a real strategy. Yeah. Sure. Maybe we can see it as a cooperative strategy of just like, oh yeah, these, you know, another way I, I, you know, as I'm thinking about it, it's like, it's like also you have these like, uh, uh, gay men in the fifties, like out gay men in the fifties who were like, this is in sixties. Like, this is not like, like how do you survive in that world? It might be just like by building each other up and like, you know, like who else is gonna. (laughs) It's not a friendly environment at that point. Uh, There is no pride corporate uh, thing going on every June. Like there's a real fear of being arrested. uh, And there's a real fear of just all, all the horrible, horrible shit that has happened throughout history. So yes, there's definitely a survival tactic I think happening here. As much as I'm joking around the fact that like they're drawing on inspiration from surrealism and Mm -hmm. avant-garde paintings and the fact that they're like, I'm buddies with Jackson Pollock and uh, de Kooning and such like this isn't just so that they can get ahead in poetry or it's so that they can have a job because they're all intellectuals. Right, right. Generally speaking, they all, except for James S. went to Harvard apparently. And like, I can see a world where their entire careers and lives would be upended and shot down simply because of their sexuality, which it's is a shame. Both, and I'm yeah. glad that that's not the case. It's interesting. I mean, and also you, you, we kind of look at it. It's like also, you know, who's not on like not many women on that <laughs> list that we're mentioning, yeah. right? Like, you know, in that you have like yeah. Robert Guest, you have like, like, you know, you have like in, in the, the second wave, you have uh, 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 more, but you know, that's part, it's like, it's like, yeah, who is in, why are they in? What are, what are reasons why that is like, you know, understandable and what are re- like, who, who does that keep in and who does that keep out? <laughs> you yeah. Know? Like, you got like Bernadette Mayer, Alice Notley. That's pretty much it. Barbara, who you mentioned, like that's, mm-hmm. that's the limit on and the Wald, ladies. You have, like, and Wald, you know, so you, you have some, but again, it's like, you know, I, it, it's, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting question. Yeah. Who is, who is included? Who's included and, and why? And, you know, these are, these are, as, as we're all, you know, and, and all of us are in these communities. And so it's, it's kind of like, it's, I think it's good to, good to think about that for 10 minutes a week. Yes. Everyone spends 10 minutes <laughs> thinking about it. Yeah. Set a timer. Set, set your uh, timer. mindful app. 
Then do your mindful app and just think about that for 10 minutes. Who's in, who's out, who, who, you know, who's, whose work are we seeing? Whose work are we not? Yeah. Yeah. And thinking about, you know, there might be somebody that you don't know right now. Yes. Whose work is a contemporary of these people whose work you should seek out. Absolutely. Because perhaps they just didn't have access, but perhaps mm-hmm. the work is simply as good. They just right. weren't as seen. Totally. Um, totally. Even it's, it now. Even be, now. Yeah. No, I mean, but genuinely, just, yeah, I think it is good. Just like set a little bit of time aside. Yeah. Who are we? What art are we consuming? What comedy are we consuming? You it's know, like, like your own personal TRL of everything. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, because when we think about the New York school in particular, I mean, it's not just poetry. It's art. It's music. It's dance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. when you think about music, it's like uh, John Cage. Interesting. Interesting that that's the first name that comes up. Uh, mm-hmm. Another mm-hmm. white guy. Uh, yeah. You know, you oh, think yeah. about the, all the visual art that's created, like who's leading abstract expressionism at that time? Are we talking about the women of that or are we talking mostly right. Right. about, you know, um, uh, D- Jackson Pollock or something like that's that? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with dance. Same with uh, with every type of form. Like. It's a lot of dudes. Without a doubt. A lot of dudes Without a doubt. going to Harvard, going to Harvard. <laughs> giving each other awards. Uh, you know, I I feel I bring this up. This is another air fryer situation. But like, <laughs> uh, if I could go back and tell that bright 16 year old Steve Slaga that it's worth it to put in the effort to go to a better college I would do it. I'd if I could. It, that's what I would go back and change. I'd be like, Steve, really try to get into like a really good school because like you can use that. Yeah. <laughs> instead of yeah. instead of being like whatever, I'm just gonna major in whatever and do whatever. So. Yeah, if I could go back and tell 15, 16 year old Nadi anything, it's like, hey, you love The Simpsons, right? You could write for them. Just get to Harvard. Yeah. Just get to Harvard and you'll be good. If you there's can, one can... thing that kept us from Harvard, <laughs> Nadia, it's simply not wanting to go enough. No one That's the no one told us. No, no one, one told, told us that, that Harvard was good was gonna be good for our, our lives. No one No, no one, one said it. If someone would have been like, Steve. Why don't you try a little bit harder than letting a B be enough? If someone would have told if me, someone, if someone academia. would have told but, me. But you know, it's interesting. I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, I don't even know. Like, uh, um, I'm not even sure. I would like. I, I went to Cal State Northridge. Got my degree in psychology. I was like, I, I'm not sure. Like, would I have told myself? Like, uh, I guess like an alternate. It might be just like, hey, just don't even fucking do. It. If you want to like do comedy, just like don't even fucking do this shit. Like, just like. Just like, I don't know. I don't, yeah. I'm not sure. I don't sure. Or, or maybe it's like better than at, eight, at 18. I wasn't hanging around. Like That's people. true. That's true. I maybe I needed to be, maybe the, the value of college for me was that I was sequestered away from. <laughs> yes. We got to, I got to live life. I got to establish myself as a human being. Right. I right. got to come. I got to complete myself as a person. Yes. <laughs> yes. Very much so. And I'm um, sure everybody who went to Harvard is not a finished person. <laughs> Speaking of completing yourself as a person, um, James S. So we talked a little bit about this. He moved to Italy, lived there for a couple of years. That was a huge inspiration for him, specifically working um, under Auden. And the idea that he, quote, found Auden's elaborate formalism inhibiting, which was an influence on his conversational style. And then Mm -hmm. in New York, Mm -hmm. he found a ton of inspiration in the art world. I mean, 
I joke about him being a critic and such, but like clearly he wasn't just if he wanted to do another job, he would have done another job. He's writing a ton of criticism about art because he loves art. Yeah. Yeah. um, Partly it's a way for him to make money. And he said, partly he says, partly because I wanted to write about painting and about art. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for you guys, what do you think is some of your unlikely sources of inspiration um, for him, it's Italy, New York. Do you feel like it's a place? Do you feel like it's a moment in your life? Do you feel like it's like, yeah, what are the things that keep say, you guys going? You know, I, um, uh, I kind of made a connection just off of uh, uh, Steve, like what's going on across the street from Steve. But I think, I think definitely. Can you hear it? Gro- they started. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> but I would say, I would say the the small dramas that happened in the Presbyterian churches I attended as a kid definitely inform. I think a lot of my comedy comes and stuff that I think is funny. It's just like, the, it's like pettiness, I think. And which I kind of encountered of like, and I think, I think a lot of those kinds of characters and, and a lot of those specifics come from my kind of like a uh, uh, small church background. Yes. Yes. I, one, I can see it in your comedy and two. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, We've talked a little bit about, I mean, you've read some of his uh, great poetry for us. Uh, is there in particular a favorite poem or poems of yours, whether famous or lesser known? Yeah, uh, uh, The Dark Apartment is my favorite. It's just, he's talking, again, it has a, a nice gossipy feel talking about a, 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 a just like an apartment that he and a lover used to share, but I love it. That's, yeah, The Dark Apartment, that's the first poem in uh, the morning of the poem. Okay. Um would you care to read a pat if you have it on? I would love to. Update. I would love to. I would love to read this. If only I could get the music across the street in the background while you read. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know, I'm gonna. I'll. Uh, 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 I'll read this poem and then I'll say something that I learned. I took from it as a writer. I'll say. You know, we were kind of talking oh, about that as, as a TV writer. So, so I was this dark apartment. Coming from the deli a block away today, I saw the UN building shine. And in all the months and years I've lived in this apartment, I took so you and I would have a place to meet. I never noticed that it was in my view. I remember very well the morning I walked in and found you in bed with X. You dressed and left. You dressed too. I said, stay five minutes. You did. You said, that's the way it is. It was not much of a surprise. Then X got on speed and ripped off an antique chest and an air conditioner, etc. cetera. Uh, after he was gone and uh, you had changed the seagull lock, I asked you on the phone, can't you be content with your wife and me? I'm not built that way, you said. No surprise. Now, without saying why you've let me go, you don't return my calls who used to call me almost every evening when I lived in the country. Hasn't he told you why? No, and I doubt he ever will. Goodbye, it's mysterious and frustrating. How I wish you would come back. I could tell you how when I lived on East 49th, first with Frank and then with John, we had a lovely view of the UN building and the Beekman Towers. They were not my lovers, though. You were. You said so. So I love, yeah, so that's a, that's a poem I love. We have a little humor. Can't you be content with your wife and me? <laughs> Uh, it's, it's fun. We have guys, you know, it's, there's, there's a, a fun, again, a, a gossip. If this was a conversation, you'd be, you, I think I like with, with a friend, I think we'd, you'd be, you'd be really intently listening. One thing I, I like about it. And, you know, we're talking a little bit about the form, but there's a lot of deflection at the top of deflection. No surprise ends one stanza. Goodbye. It's mysterious and frustrating. Like, you know, it's, there's, there's something like kind of a, so what feel, uh, feel to it until at, at the end. And this is a little phrase that I sometimes use when I'm writing, uh, um, they were not my lovers, though. You were. You said so. I think there's like a childish truth in that. I think that it's like the first time in the poem that we really like we kind of get a hint at the disappointment that uh, uh, that the, uh, the the speaker is feeling. And I think that's something that I took into my writing, which is, is there a way in, in whether it be an episode of TV or short story, but can we kind of earn an of a childish truth, right? Like I think that to mm-hmm. me, so often I think in, in in my TV writing experience, the last in the third act we get this like. 
it's a one page monologue. The reason I did this is blah, blah, blah. But I was like, I was like, I would almost trade all that in for, for a, a childish truth line of like, you, uh, like you're my lover. You said so. <laughs> you know, yes, it's so much more honest. I think so. So that's something that took me. I was like, I was like, that line to me is I was like, oh, I'd love to. Uh, so yeah, ch- sometimes I think like, what's the childish truth of this and this scene in this episode or something like that. In the poem that you read for us, uh, do you think that that was supposed to be about Fairfield Porter? Because so he lived with Fairfield Porter for like 12 years on Long Island. Um, and Porter becomes an influence for S as well. And he dedicates his first major collection freely espousing to Anne and Fairfield Porter. But like, you know, it it would appear perhaps I can't figure this out entirely whether uh, James S and Porter were kind of in a thing or not. Oh, interesting. I don't I don't think so for this person. I think there's a in, in the for the reason I think in the longer poem, if, if we're going to take all of these as being like unified and real people and confessional and, and, you know, if, if we're going to, going to, going to take that, I think that uh, I think he and Fairfield had were lifelong friends. I think this person had like kind of left his life. I think this person had cut ties. Ah, kind of like, okay. In, in morning of the, in uh, the longer poem, there's some reference to that of just like, yeah, this person who just is no longer in his life. Right. Okay. Yeah. I could not I thought- figure out for sure whether like they were connected or not. And the- and, um, is James S an X? Yes, exactly. I'm like, who's X? I need I, yeah, to know. know. See, that's again, that's curiosity. Uh, you know, I think so much of it. Like, I think again, that use of 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 gossip to kind of create uh, uh, intimacy and curiosity, I think it's like really well done here. I was also just, you know, I was reading a, a review of Usher's Confessions. <laughs> you know, it's kind of so. I, I think you can easily put those in the same thing, which is like. Like, did this really happen to this guy? Wait, did this, is that true? You know, I mean, it's that. I think that's kind of part of the autobiographical thrill of some of of, of some pieces of art. I think is just like, it's like, is that, did that really happen to this person? Did his chick on the side really have one on the way? Yeah, <laughs> and that was. I just in, in reading this was was the producer. That was true of the producer. They they kind of blended several experiences. That was, oh, yeah. like a uh, Larry David Seinfeld kind of thing. That's right. That's right. That's right. Interesting. But again, but the feeling is as, as we're listening to it as listeners is, is we're going like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe, you know, I mean, like that's, you know, that's the feelings that incites in us. So. Did you come across any poems that you were a big fan of Steve when you were looking uh, up stuff or were you like, no, not you know poem. what? Here's what happened is I was searching and I found something that was called poem by James S and I was like, Oh, okay. And I read it. And then like on that same kind of database, everything was just called poem by oh. James S. And so I I was going into this being like, does he not name his poems or <laughs> did I just find the most terrible website to ever visit if you want to learn something? <laughs> oh, that's so great. Because it was just like, it was 12, just called Poem with different years. And I don't know, maybe, maybe he has some poems that just kind of came in a package together that he didn't name, but. He did have some strong feelings about poetry titles. I think there was, there was some anecdote where he was walking and, Someone says to him offhanded, like, you know, John Ashbery is the real poet, you know, so like, and he, and, and Schuler got mad and, and was like, he was like, you know, sometimes he starts his poems with, uh, he, uh, you know, sometimes he starts his poems with the title, you know, <laughs> like, oh. it's like, I, what a I, bitch. Like, <laughs> I love, I love him more and more, mostly because he's just a uh, smidge petty and petty. I, uh, this I is love a, me some pettiness. This one, it just said poem, but I really liked this. Um, I do not always understand what you say. Once when you said across, you meant along. What is, is by its nature on display. And I just liked the line, once you oh, said across, yeah. you meant along. Like, yeah. again, just uh, right, that kind right. of, yeah, just, just very, uh, 
yeah, like that gossipy conversational. Like yeah. it's just it, it, what it to me what it feels like is just a little like um, just a little quick thought that kind of interrupted before moving along. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah, I really liked that. Yeah, this underhanded cutting cutting yeah. attitude. Just that. like hey, in the middle in the middle of me, uh, here's what I have to say about my understanding of you and. Um, also, here's a specific example <laughs> of a time you it's used so the war- wrong word. It's petty. Right. That's what it is. Yes. It's petty, and I'm here for it. I love it. I love it. I came across one that's from the uh, the Payne Whitney poems, mm-hmm. I believe. Uh, it's called Trip, and uh, this is this go this falls under my appreciation of sad funny, which is great. Read it now. Wigging in, wigging out. When I stop to think, the wires in my head cross. Kaboom. How many trips by ambulance? Five. Count them five. Claustrated. Pill addiction. In and out of mental hospitals. The suicidalness. Once I almost made it. But I go on. Tell you all of it. I can't. When I think of that, that I am only 51, I, Jim the Jerk, am still alive and breathing deeply that I think is a miracle. Yeah, that's a great one. Again, yeah. we have, like, you know, we have the subject, right? Cannot be more serious. Like suicide, probably the most serious <laughs> subject you write. But, but also, yeah, I, Totally humorous and, and and feels like maybe what a, a a friend might say, like injecting humor into it, injecting suicidalness. You know, like there's a little yes. fun. Yeah, like oh, it. not not quite, just a little ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was I was thinking about it one day. I wasn't right. serious, but totally, you know, totally. it did cross my mind when I was making coffee. Like, what if today? Right, confessional. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> And also, like, that's how we get through our dark mm-hmm. moments and thoughts like that is by you know hopefully when we can, you know, finding the humor and laughing at them. And right, that's, right. it's a great way to like take the power away from something like that. Yeah, I absolutely. I, I think that's, I think what you're mentioning too, Steve, you know, as, as we're kind of talking about this in reaction to kind of dreary poetry, this is like, you know, again, like, a, a, it, you know, in, in quote, like a, a, a often dreary topic, but it's, it's handling, there's kind of a, uh, 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 there is like a, a lightness and, and, and an awareness in, in, in it as well, but it's also serious. It's not like it, there's also a seriousness to it, to it as well. So yeah, I love that. Poem. Yeah, it's a great one. So in his diary, he said that he's more of a reader than a writer and everything happens as I write quote, um, nice. which comes from his, uh, his autobiography, I believe. Um, what do you make of that? Or do you, do you feel that? Do you agree with that? The well, idea that you're more of a reader than a writer? Oh, interesting. Yeah, I, I, I love to read. And uh, uh, <laughs> I heard that. I was like, oh, it makes sense. Maybe that his first poetry collection was at 46. Maybe he was, he was doing a ton of reading. He was just doing, <laughs> he was doing a shit ton of reading. Um, I think I, I think that's definitely part of it. I think, you know, I, for, you know, I, right now, like my schedule is like, I'll probably like do, I do a little reading before work. And then, you know, I, I write during the day. And then at night, I, I like to, to read. And I think I do, I do think reading is a, is, is a big part of it. I, I, especially I think now that there's like so many screens that I just like, don't like watch TV, just like my eyes hurt mm. <laughs> from I, I do, like, like we're doing so much like zoom these days. Like, so I think I, I, I definitely think that that's a, a big influence and, and yeah, I, 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 I think I, I get a lot from that in terms of my training, my ear, I think in particular, just like hearing people who maybe like understand sound and like the, the just like the spoken sound quality of, of words hearing people who are great at that and, and surrounding myself in that I think is is helpful oftentimes I think my feeling is in, in a in a room when a, when a, a pitch fails I think as often as it is that it's like end quote off premise I think it just 
the sound is off, the 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 music of it of of, of the of a, of a line is off. I think that can that can sink something as much as like being like you know in like off premise or whatever. Right. It's that idea that perhaps you are not quite listening to the moment, and Maybe, when yeah. you're mm-hmm. when you're reading, it allows you to just kind of be observing and sure, taking totally, it in totally. versus writing, which is the action. Right. Is right. there anything that either of you two are reading right now? Because I do feel like most writers I know, or people certainly that, w- whether they're hyphenate or not, they they tend to be reading something, even if it is the just the news or what have you. There, there's a lot of reading happening mm-hmm. in their lives. Yeah, I'm I'm reading uh, Grace Paley short stories. Uh, um, so I'm kind of enjoying. Also, I think kind of 50s, 60s, kind of New York uh, 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 feel there. So uh, uh, Grace Bailey, I'm uh, Mark Bradford. I'm going through his. He's a contemporary artist, and he's uh, he has a great uh, uh, fighting book about you know his collected works, and he's talking about that. So I'm, I'm taking a lot from that. Both good choices. What about you, Steve? Um, well, I am I, at least once a year. I enjoy reading um, 27 short plays by Christopher Durang. Um, oh, cool. Maybe my favorite like comedic writer. I feel like. Along with The Simpsons, I feel like doing and reading a lot of Christopher Durang in high school theater, like informed who I am as a comedian. Uh, uh, Nadia, what are you reading? What's what's? I just finished a book called Luster, which was phenomenal. I really loved it. Highly recommend. Um, I have the correction sitting on my nightstand, and I haven't mm-hmm. touched it yet because I think there's a part of me that's just like, I know I'm supposed to. Sure, sure, sure. I feel like I need to just knock out that and freedom and then just be like, all right, I did it. I know what France is about. Goodbye. Um, and then on the Libby app, uh, the thing that I've been doing is renting nonfic and trying to alternate and use the my phone or what have you to read nonfic on a screen. Oh, And cool. then buy fiction. So the nonfic right now is a book called How to Do Nothing which is a very difficult for thing for me. Oh, so cool. I'm like, okay, how do I learn to kind of turn my brain off? And there's a lot of interesting information in there about essentially what she refers to as the attention economy, which is, mm-hmm. as you were saying, your eyes hurt from looking at all those dang screens. Right, and right, it's because right. they've set it up that way. Uh, and so how to kind of log off a little right. and uh, get more in tune with, you know, being okay with not just doing everything, but coming at it from kind of a sciencey, arty, exploration as opposed to just like a self-care yeah, kind of way, which i'm not yeah. a super fan of um and That's i have great. a ton of other books i have a I, conversation with friends to read as well as uh what what else did i just buy i got the uh the, the margo affair oh cool so I'm, i love that way of reading too of just of, of having like physical books for some uh for some genre and then and then going to different media. i think that sounds like that's a really fun I'm, way to approach it I'm kind of similar, Nadia, but what mine is, is I read nonfiction and I listen to, no, I read fiction and I listen to nonfiction. Yes, I'm very similar because I kind of think of it almost like podcasting, where if I'm listening to an audiobook, listening to somebody give me information in an audio format makes more sense to my brain for whatever reason versus the escapism of holding a book in my hands. Yes. Being able to just sort of curl up under the covers. I'm a real indoor kid. That's I'm a real great. spent a lot of times in libraries kind of kids. So yeah, uh, yeah. there's a part oh, of yeah. me. Now, the a- reason I mentioned not reading as much this year is there's a little bit of a disappointment in myself because I'm like, of all the times to just sit and like blast through a ton of books. And I think I just, there's a part of my brain that was just like, but the world. 
Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. It's like, I mean, we've been, we've been a little preoccupied. It's, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah I mean, there's nothing true. going on. There's nothing yeah. really going on. Just this whole global pandemic thing. Right. I mean, it's it's one of those times, too, where, again, there's like kind of an unfair... I, the same thing happened during the writer's strike where people were like, oh, there's going to be this huge influx of screenplays once the strike is over. But people were fucking in the middle of the writer's strike. Like nothing, yeah. like things were not coming. I think same thing where it's like, oh my God, this we're going to have the fucking golden age. It's like, we're fucking, we're dying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. If anybody did anything this year, I'm like, you deserve a fucking parade. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Wh- whether you throw it for yourself or you get your friends to help, like, you deserve a parade just for living and surviving. Yes. If you didn't do anything, if you didn't do anything this year, you also get a parade. Yes. If you didn't do anything, that's also fine because you are living and surviving. Also get a parade. Yes. Yes. Everybody gets a parade. Everybody gets a parade. Everybody gets a parade. <laughs> Steve, you get a parade. I have, yeah, okay, Steve's I've already got a- my awards. <laughs> I don't know if I can parade also. I guess I can tie um, them together. There was one other poem that I found that I really love that was also titled poem but there's just this one three word line that got me oh where he just says you lack charm and I was Ooh. like that's the, that's <laughs> one of the best insults I've ever heard in my life do you are there any so short sentences from his works that stick out for you I know we've read a few already but well, you know it's I think it's interesting I think you know he one of the things is like I'm not sure if I if I if I have like that that suit. I think maybe I read it in in, in uh, Dark Apartment might be one that stuck out to me. You were you said so. I thought it was it was mine. But he also you know and maybe this would be an interesting writing chat. But for, uh, skinny poems. So a lot of, like you know several page poems. But there's there's one word per line or two words per line. So there are a lot of those like those skinny. And I think it kind of gives every like makes things very impactful and kind of like I, I think he's often thinking about like the moment and, and clarity. And, and I think sometimes that gives every word a moment and, 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 and some focus and stuff like that. But yeah, I would say uh, uh, the dark apartment, I think kind of has that. Yeah, for, for sure. Yes. And yeah, that the, I think you lack charm is more the adult charm. version. Mr. It- Trump, <laughs> sir. <laughs> oh, have you guys seen that? Um, the video of the the young woman just going off on everyone at the city council. She's just like, you're not going to listen to me. You're not going to change oh, anything. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to read you out of filth with the month, with the time I have. And she just like one guy, she's just like, all I have to say to you is racism makes you age ugly. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm a real, I'm a real sucker for an insult that is like I love 50s and 60s insults for this reason. Like pr- yeah. prior, we've talked about this before on the pod, but like the idea of saying to somebody like, "Ah, oh, go jump in a lake," is yeah. like so much more cutting oh, yes. in this day and age because nobody would say that versus saying for "go fuck sure. yourself." Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Do me a common. favor. Can can you guys help? Like, I really think we could all do a better job of bringing Kick Rocks back. Ooh, oh yeah. yeah, Kick Rocks is good. Kick Rocks kick is a rocks. good one. What if I, I wrote a poem and it was just it, it was just called poem and then the poem was just two words, Kick Rocks. Kick Rocks. <laughs> I think it's perfect. I think it's great. Steve, you did it. You wrote a poem. Yeah! It, takes you, it takes you a specific moment. It takes you a specific moment. <laughs> uh, Nick, if there was anything else that you could say about our friend James S or anything that you would say to somebody who's maybe uh, not super into poetry, what would you tell them in order to convince them like this is your guy or if not him, oh, yeah. here's how to get into this art form? Yeah, I think I think uh, uh, um, if you're interested in the calm and anxiety of a given moment, 
I think I think that's I think James I think there's something something to it. I think you know I think it's both. I think he's kind of like very present in and aware of and tortured by these these passing moments. That's a wonderful description. Yeah. I love it. Nick Mannernock, thank you so much for coming Thanks on. So much Why for do you know me? that? What a treat! What a treat! Um, is there anything you want to plug at this time? Uh, yeah, you can find uh, you can find me anywhere. At Nick Mannernock. That's it. Uh, uh, Duncanville. Oh, er, um, you can see uh, uh, um, every place I cry is a uh, improvised. Uh, emo concert. Uh, we're going to be doing a uh, Dynasty Typewriters uh, 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 remote show uh, December uh, uh, December third or December third or fourth. But every place I cry, you can check that out, and it'll be it'll be a good time. Yeah, and follow Nick. And if uh, you missed that one, I'm sure there's others coming. Yeah. Um, and you know, for a show about words. I'm talking about how <laughs> we use it. That, that tells us we're ending at the perfect time. We've used all our words. All our words are gone. This is perfect. I'm, I'm out of you words. Timed it, you timed it perfectly. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, tell everyone you know every way you know how. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review. And be sure to go back and listen to our older episodes if you missed them. We talked about some weird stuff. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Why Do You Know That Pod or on Twitter at Why Do You Know Pod. They're different. And if you've got questions, comments, concerns, whatever, be sure to email us at Why Do You Know That Pod at gmail.com. Let's do this again sometime. Uh-huh.